Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Um, let me tell you something. I love stories. Like, I love that our church tells stories. I'm obsessed with stories, and I have been for most of my life. Um, I was the kid that was, like, always writing little books, and my parents would, like, lose me in stores, and I would be telling, like, a clerk um, some story about my preschool drama. Um, My students on Wednesdays are always like, how do you have another story to tell us? It's kind of crazy. And I'm like, I know, I am crazy. It's totally fine. Um, My dad always wanted me to be a stand-up comedian or an engineer, Um, so I was like, how about I'll be a pastor? How about that, Dad? Good? Good? It's totally the same. Um, But I love stories, and it's why I'm really excited about this series that we are in. It's why I'm really excited about this devotional that we have going on, because stories are powerful, and the stories that Jesus tells are no different Jesus uses these parables and these stories in a huge way. He used them to draw people closer to him. He used them to reveal truth. He used them to get people to think. He gets us to turn on our brains when he tells these stories. You know, I think sometimes there's this misconception in our culture that in order to be a Christian, you have to stop thinking for yourself. But that is just not true. Jesus actually asks us to use our brains to think uh, from our own perspective, to have ears that hear, and to search for the truth, to draw close to him. And these parables that he tells are the perfect example of that, and I'm really excited to dive into one of those today. But before we get going, I need to ask you a question, okay? How many of you have ever gotten in your own way? Anybody? Anybody? Like maybe on January 1st every year, you make a really awesome list of New Year's resolutions, and they like sound really great on paper, but in order for them to succeed, you would have to wake up a completely different person. Anybody? Anyone? Or like, I know this is in my own life, like my life would be really awesome if it wasn't for me, (laughs) right? Like the modern prophet Taylor Swift says, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Anyone? Yes. Same. Same. (laughs) Well, this is what I want to talk about today. So my message today is titled, Get Out of Your Own Way. Everyone say, get out of your own way. Tim's not here. I got to get us to repeat something back to us here. Uh, So this is what I want to talk about today, how we a lot of times in life tend to get in our own way. And today we're going to talk about how we especially get in our own way when it comes to prayer. But today my message actually starts with a story about my neighbors. So listen, I'm pretty lucky and I actually have the world's best neighbors. If you think you have them, I'm sorry to break it to you. You don't, uh, unless you live on my street or near me. Maybe you do then, but they are incredible. If there was an award that I could nominate them for, for best neighbors in the world, I would. Like, I wish I could leave them a review on Yelp. Um, I would, like, name my first kid after them. They are amazing, okay? All I know is that I love them, and they are phenomenal humans, 
I moved into my house about four years ago, and before I had even unloaded the U-Haul, they had come over to my house, introduced themselves, they gave me their phone numbers, they gave me gifts, and they told me if I needed anything to let them know. But like, I, I kind of thought that they meant it as a formality, like how most people say that, like, if you need anything, let me know, but like, don't let me know, right? Like, don't. But let me tell you, they actually meant it. They're like, hey, if you need anything, don't worry. We will call you. We will be over there in a GIF. They are amazing. They are constantly checking in on me. They bring me leftovers from their dinners. They take my mail if I'm gone. Um, they bring my trash bins out to the curb for me because, I, like I said earlier, I'm not a great human. Um, <laughs> I don't remember to do things. Um, their kids make me little cards and gifts. Um, they will bring, they've brought me medicine when I'm sick. Like, I'm telling you, they are incredible, incredible people, and I'm so lucky to live across the street from them. Well, a few months ago, um, I was hosting a birthday party for my friend Emily, and uh, we had this idea to make homemade pizzas with uh, our friends, and we had gotten all the supplies, we had everything we need, and then, with like my house full of very hungry people, I quickly realized that we were missing a very key ingredient to making said pizzas. Um, we didn't have any flour. Again, guys, <laughs> I'm the problem, okay? Um, I thought I had it, we didn't. And so I'm panicking, and I'm like, how are we gonna do this? And I started trying to figure out a solution. I'm like, okay, maybe I could like Instacart some, but that would take forever. And maybe I, I was like mapping out how long would it take someone to go to the store and come back? Um, I was thinking maybe we'll just get pizzas delivered, but we were already kind of running late and people were hungry and like everyone knows like the worst thing is if someone's hungry, right? And so I'm panicking and it hit me that I could call my neighbors. And so I tell them, I'm like, don't worry guys, I have a plan, I'm gonna call my neighbors. And they're all like, wait, you know your neighbors? That's so cute, like, so nostalgic, that's adorable. So I called and they're like, of course you can have some flour, you can have all of our flour, we'll send a kid over immediately. And so their son walked through the door with the flour, everybody cheered, it was like a movie scene, they had saved the day. And what's funny is um, this story is actually very similar to the parable that I'm going to teach today, that we're going to spend some time in today, and it's called The Friend at Midnight. So before we jump in to the parable, um, I think it's important to give you some context of what's happening before we actually read the story. So right before this, Jesus is off by himself and he's praying. He does this a lot all throughout the Gospels, as you know if you've read them. He prayed a lot, and so he was praying, and then he comes back to his disciples, and they ask him a very simple question. They say, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I think this is a fascinating point, first and foremost. They could have asked him to teach them a million things, right? But the first thing they ask him to teach them is how to pray. Not how to preach, not how to build a global movement, not how to get more followers, not how to take down an empire, how to pray. That's what they want to know. Now, no doubt the disciples had prayed dozens of times in their life, maybe hundreds of times in their life. But they saw a difference in the way that Jesus was praying. And they were like, we want to pray like that. Teach us how to pray. The way Jesus was praying was different, and they wanted to know the secret. 
Have you ever been around someone when they start praying and you're like, wow, I actually think I've never prayed in my life. Like the, uh, my friends and I, we kind of have a running joke that if you want someone to pray for you, you need to call Angie Sullivan. That's who you need to call. Like if you got something going on, call Angie. Right? So this is what's happening here. They notice a difference and they want to be taught. How do they do this for themselves? I don't know about you. I want to know how to pray from Jesus too, right? So let's see what he says. Jesus answers them. And at first, he just teaches them the Lord's Prayer, which you've probably heard before. It's a simple and powerful prayer that has been prayed for thousands of years and is still being prayed, for to, being prayed today. And sometimes um, we stop there and we're like, that's how Jesus taught them to pray, Lord's Prayer. And that's awesome. And it's really great. And it's a great way, great model to pray through. But Jesus does not stop there. He actually goes on and he tells them a little parable that goes like this. If you want to follow along, we're actually going to be reading from Luke 11. It's going to be on the screen as well. So Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. Now, one sentence in, and I already have to pause. I just love this because I, I don't know why this is so funny to me, but I just imagine Jesus like kind of trolling them right here. Like, suppose you have a friend. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, you have a friend. It's so crazy. I'm just kidding. I guarantee he did not say it like that. But anyway, I like to think he did. LOL if he did, right? Okay, so back to the scripture. Okay, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, do not bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Now, at this point in time, um, most homes were basically like one big room, and not only did, like, all of the family members uh, share a room and sleep together, but the uh, animals of the family would also share this one giant room in the home. So if you were going to go wake up one person, you were not just going to wake up the entire family. You were going to wake up the farm with them, right? So it's not an awesome experience. But hospitality was also super important at this time. So if you had someone at your home and you had nothing to give them, this would be a desperate enough situation that you were like, I need to fix this. I'm going to do anything I have to, even if it meant waking up the whole house of your friend. So Jesus goes on. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship. Pause. A lot of uh, like Bible scholars even say this, like in most cases, in most situations, friendship probably would have been enough, that it probably would have done that. But here, Jesus makes it a point to say, no, 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 it was not just because you were friends with this person. It wasn't just because this guy was an amazing person. He goes on and he says this in verse 8, it is because of your shameless audacity that he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you everything you need. Now, here's the thing. Jesus tells like a lot of parables and a lot of stories, and some of them are very hard to understand, um, and they kind of make you think, right? That's the whole point. And while at the time, 
this thing, <laughs> knocking on your friend's door at midnight, would have been shameless and it would have been audacious um, to do. I would just argue that today, this is honestly like unheard of, right? Like we would quite literally never do this. Let's think for a minute. Imagine you had a friend. Can you imagine? Right? Uh, <laughs> crazy. Um, imagine you had a friend and they were staying with you and it's midnight and they're like, hey, I'm hungry and you don't have anything for them. First of all, that would never happen because we all shop at Costco. Um, but two, like, there, if that were to happen, there are about a thousand things we would do before even considering knocking on our friend's door and asking for help. We wouldn't knock on our friend's door at 5 p.m. to ask for anything, let alone at midnight. Someone knocked on my door the other day at 9 p.m. and I literally, like, I was so terrified. I immediately did what any sane person would do and I turned off all the lights and I hid for 20 minutes, right? <laughs> That's what you do. Did you know the doorbell is actually one of the things that millennials have killed, apparently? Like, um, I, yeah, like, apparently millennials are afraid of doorbells. Anyone, anyone afraid of their doorbell ringing if they're not expecting it? Anyone? Wow, no, cool. Just me. Okay, um, anyway. <laughs> even if, okay, even if we take this part out of the story, right? Even if you take the door part out, replace it with, like, a modern-day phone call, right? If you were like, wow okay, I don't have any food, I'm going to call my friend. There are still about a dozen things we would do before calling a friend for help. We would order DoorDash, we would go to Costco, um, we would get in our car and drive about five minutes to any of the dozens of restaurants within a square mile of our homes. Or we would do, again, what a normal person would do, nothing, right? We'd probably just let our friends go to bed hungry. See, here's the thing. We have been trained um, in our world, in our culture, to be hyper-isolated and hyper-independent. So we don't want to need anyone or anything. We don't want to inconvenience anyone. We don't want to be a bother. We don't want to be a burden to anyone. And I think the problem with this is that this way of thinking has seeped so deeply into our brains, into our minds, that I believe it impacts the way that we approach God. And if the point of this story that Jesus is telling us is to get us to think, if it's to get us uh, to think about the truth about God, and in this particular case about prayer, it got me thinking that this is the way Jesus wants us to pray, right? With shameless audacity, with boldness, with no regard for how we're going to be received. And the truth is we do not do this. We stop short. We get in our own heads. We let fear or doubt or like apathy get in the way from praying with shameless audacity. We get in our own way. I know that I've done this more times than I can count. Um, for a lot of my life, I built a pretty big wall up between me and God. 
I'd walked through um, a lot of rejection and disappointment, and it, it made me, it was like in a lot of formative years of my life, and what happened was that um, this emotional baggage kind of made me believe this narrative about myself where I just believed that I was not worthy of connection with anybody, but especially God. And I had a lot of shame. I carried a lot of like guilt around, and I didn't even realize it. But what was happening was that um, I built this wall up thinking that like I didn't want to bother God, right? And I thought maybe everyone else can, but I can't. And I was following Jesus for years and feeling this way. I was like telling myself and, and I was learning really quickly to not rely on anyone or anything. And that meant also that I was doing that with God. I would watch other people around me experiencing the presence of God, and I would be like, man, why can't I have that? Like, I want that, but how do I get that? But the truth is that the problem was me, right? The call was coming from inside the house, right? I had been the one to put the wall up. Like Nathan said earlier, God had not changed. I had changed. God was not far. I was far. And what was happening was that the more disappointment I faced, the more rejection I faced, um, the more, like, doubt that I felt, I kept building that wall bigger and bigger and bigger. And there were so many prayers that I didn't pray because I thought, no, I should be able to figure this out on my own. Prayers that I didn't pray because deep down I thought that, like, maybe God would be offended if I asked for something this big. Prayers that I didn't pray because, like, maybe I just doubted, like, would it even matter? Or, like, what would it mean if that doesn't, if God doesn't answer? What would happen then? But what happened was one day, like, on a day just like today, honestly, like, just a normal day, I just decided to give God a chance. Like, maybe, just maybe, he really was who he says he is. And if so, and if he is, the least I could do was give him a chance to prove that to me. Give him a chance to say, like, what my word says about me is true. The God that you read about is real. Just really quick, like, going back to that story of my neighbors. When I first started getting to know them, like, I was honestly pretty um, uncomfy with um, how nice they were being to me. <laughs> I was just like, man, there is no way that I could ever return the favors that they're doing for me, right? Or like, they're going to figure out really quick that I'm not worth this kind of treatment or this kind of kindness. And I would not ask them for anything because I just thought, like, I didn't want that, like, relationship to get further out of balance of, like, I didn't want to take advantage of them, right? And I just thought, like, no one's actually this nice. But what happened was after years of getting to know them and seeing that they really, truly were so genuine and trustworthy and they really were so kind, that in this moment and many other moments when I was desperate for help, I was confident about asking them, because I knew who I was asking. I knew that if they could help me in any way, that they would in a heartbeat. Nothing had changed about them in that moment. They were still 
amazing neighbors. They had been amazing neighbors the entire time. The thing that changed was that I was willing to ask. You know, the Bible tells us um, a lot about prayer. And honestly, I don't know about you, sometimes it feels too good to be true. (laughs) It tells us that we can approach God boldly with confidence, knowing that he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know he will answer. It says that God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or request or imagine. It says that we can pray in any and every circumstance. It says that nothing, nothing is impossible for God. It says even if you don't know what to pray, God is already praying for you. It says that we have constant, consistent access to the God of the universe. That's crazy. And here in this story, like, we see he's inviting us to pray with shameless audacity, with persistency. And here's the thing, like, if there's even a chance that any of that is real, which I believe it is, then why are we not running to God for help? If he is who he says he is, why would we ever start with anyone else but God? He goes on, um, after this parable in Luke 11, he goes on, and this is probably a verse that you've heard before, and he says, so I say to you. So he's like, I'm telling you, you can pray with shameless audacity. And so because of that, I'm telling you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open to you. See, Jesus has not just like given us permission to pray, (laughs) to ask. He's invited us into something different. He's invited us into a life marked by shameless, audacious prayer persistent prayer. These are words that don't, are not a one-time thing. These are words that are meant to keep going. Like Stephanie's story, prayer that is meant to keep going. Prayer that does not cease. We can have no shame in asking. We have no fear in approaching God. We knock confidently on the door because we know who's behind it. You know, I've been thinking about this story a lot. It's one of my favorite, favorite parables. I think about it a lot. And if the whole point of this is to teach us how to pray and to teach us, or like get us to think about prayer, what I've been thinking about is that if God has invited us into this type of prayer, all I know is I don't pray this way. (laughs) Maybe there's some times in my life where I have, but most of the time I don't. But clearly, God has invited me to. So why don't I? And the truth, the reality, is that it's because I get in my own way. I think um, most of us, if we're honest, we tend to overcomplicate prayer so much. Like we have to be the one to like muster up enough faith and enough courage and it's like, it's all like about changing God's mind or something. But I don't think audacious prayer is about changing God. It's just about changing us. Like we just need to be willing to ask. We just have to get out of our own way. 
And I don't know about you, I have a lot of tendencies when it comes to prayer, like, and most of them aren't good. <laughs> um, I get in my own head a lot, maybe you can relate. Or I'll be like all in for a bit and then like dry, <laughs> like far away from God in other times. Maybe you are someone, maybe you're here today, you're like, I've never prayed before. I don't even know. I don't even know if I believe in any of this. That's okay. You're welcome here. Or maybe you just haven't prayed in a long time. Or I've been thinking like this week too, like this year we've been pushing really like together, like in this uh, year, dedicating 2023 to Jesus, wanting to build this fire in our hearts. And like we're almost halfway through the year. And I just feel like it's a good time to, for us to check in with ourselves. Like, how is our prayer life going? Maybe you've been all in it sometimes, and maybe right now it's, it's felt dry. And I don't know what the reason is for you, whether it's fear, whether it's doubt, whether um, it's maybe just apathy or you've just gotten busy. That's okay, whatever it is. Here's what I know that I know that I know is that we tend to get in our own way about prayer. But my encouragement to us today is not to like harp on us or make you feel guilty about that or anything. It's just to like talk about that reality and say like regardless of what's happened before, regardless of how your prayer life may look right now, I just believe that God has more for us. And I believe that Jesus is inviting us into something new into something different. He's inviting us to knock on that door with shameless audacity today. So what I want us to do, which is a simple question, is like, what if you identified one thing in your life, just one thing in your life, and you were like, you know what? I want to go about this in the way that Jesus has invited me to. Like, I want to pray about this with shameless audacity so what is one thing in your life that you want to pray about with shameless audacity starting today? I know we could do this with like 10, 20 things in our life, right? But just start small. What's the one thing, the one thing that you haven't given yourself permission to pray for? At least not in this way. At least not with boldness. At least not with audacity. Maybe you always have fear in it. Maybe you always uh, overthink it. You have worry or shame around it. Maybe it's something to do with um, a situation with your family or your job. Maybe a relationship. Maybe you have a story like Stephanie's and you've been walking through something really difficult. Maybe you're desperate for some breakthrough. Maybe you need healing physically, emotionally, or maybe it's something that's not even for you. Maybe it's for a friend. Something I love about this parable is that he was asking for something for his friend. What if we were all praying shamelessly, audaciously for our friends too? Whatever it is right now, I just want you to get it in your mind. Think about it. Take a moment. What is the one thing in your life you want to pray with shameless audacity for today. Because I just believe Jesus is inviting us to do that.
Okay, once you have it, I'm going to pray actually over all of us, over all the things right now. Um, would you pray with me? Everyone, go ahead, close your eyes. God, we just thank you that you have invited us to pray boldly about our lives, that you care about every detail of our lives, that nothing is too big, nothing is too small for you. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would fill the room right now, that you would give us the courage to approach you with confidence, with audacity. Really quick, if, if you're in the room right now and you have something that you want to pray with shameless audacity about, would you raise your hand? Would you just be brave for like one second? Raise your hand so I can see you. Awesome. I'm going to pray over each of you right now. So God, we lift up every single one of these asks to you. We are asking, we are seeking, we are knocking and asking for you to move. Move in a way that only you can. We ask in Jesus' name that you would bring breakthrough, you would bring healing, that you would bring restoration and renewal, that you would bring salvation to this room, God. I pray that whoever um, is here, if they're desperate to hear from you, God, that they would, they would walk out of here with a fresh encounter from you, hearing from you in a new way today, God. God, we just thank you that you are the God of the impossible, that the thing that maybe has felt too big to even ask, that it's nothing to you. God, I just have this picture of all of us like literally rushing to you, begging for help, knocking on the door. And so we just echo these prayers, God. Whatever it is that is weighing heavy on the shoulders in this room, God, would you, would you do the heavy lifting? We lay it at your feet. Like your word says, would you do immeasurably more than we could ever even imagine in these situations? Would you fill the room with stories and testimonies that we can tell for months and years to come of how you have moved? And God, finally, I just ask that you would increase the faith in this room. You would increase our expectation that we would come boldly to you that you would be the first person we run to when we need anything. That we would, you would be the first person we come to when we just want to thank you and praise you for who you are. God, we want to be people who pray the way that you taught your disciples to pray, the way that you are still teaching us to pray. So we just ask that you would continue to build the fire in our hearts for you. that you would ignite a passion in us for prayer, for relationship with you, God, that you would draw us close. I just pray that over each and every person in this room. God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you are doing and all that you are going to do. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to worship 
Um, we're going to sing, and the song is talking about how we are calling on the same God who has brought provision and breakthrough for generations to come. And I just believe that God is continuing to do that in this church and in our stories. So would you stand with us? And listen, this is a place of prayer. This is a house of prayer. We have um, our prayer team down front and prayer team in the back as well. If you have a prayer need or if you just want someone to pray with you today, do not leave here without getting prayed for, okay? We can wait as long as we need to. We would love to pray with you. But um, in the meantime, let's worship. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.